Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. I want us to turn to Romans 12. See, a lot of things that I will be sharing with you are things that I've learned from the Word of God, but many of them are from my own personal experience in relationships and learning what not to do and what to do. And so, you know, I'm trying to share that with you to help all of us step up in our relationships. Listen to this, Romans 12:1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I want you to look at that. He said, brethren, that's to me and you. That's to the Christian. He said that you present your body, not a dead body, but a living body. Present your body to the Lord. So when your body is presented to the Lord, your whole being is presented to the Lord. That means all your relationships, everything you have, bring them and, uh, you know, bring them to the altar. And see, that's what you have to do. In your marriage, you have to bring it to the altar. At your job, your situation, they're mistreating you. They're this, they're that. Bring it to the altar. Your children, things are not going so well. They don't listen to you. They don't understand. Bring it to the altar and present yourself and all that you are and all that you're dealing with Present it to the Lord, a living sacrifice. Now look, it's a living sacrifice, but you've got to die to yourself to do that. Because your flesh is screaming out. You don't know what they've done. You don't know how they treated me. They've been talking about, they've been backbiting, busybodies. You know, they've been gossiping about me. They've been criticizing me. And it's not fair because they don't understand Take it, take your whole self and all that you have and bring it to the altar of the Lord. And he said, present yourself a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It is reasonable, but it's not reasonable. Lord, you don't know what it is reasonable to do this. It is reasonable. The devil will tell you it's unreasonable. Do it your own way. Have your pound of flesh. Get back. Say those things that you're just dying to say. And many people are dying to say things. They get full of anger and wrath and yelling and screaming and, you know, clamor. Have a heart attack. People have died like that before. You know, they are dying to, <laughs> to say what they, and they got it off their chest, but look what it cost. I don't think I want to pay that price to you. I want to take it to the altar and bring my life as a living sacrifice and get it taken care of. You know, one thing that people, I think a lot of times, do not see and understand that murmuring and complaining, number one, it's a sin. Murmuring and complaining is a sin and it will cause relational problems. Because when all you do is complain and murmur 
You know how people see you now? You know how they look at you when you, you're a person like that? You're a whiner. You're a whiner. And you've got this cloud just that goes with you. Every... Wasn't that a great Christmas play that we had here Sunday? Well, I tell you what, I didn't like this. And I tell you what, I didn't like... Anytime I hear it, it's like, get away. <laughs> the cloud is coming. <laughs> and it's not the cloud of the Holy Spirit either. That's a fire by night. <laughs> That's not what it is. It might have a fire like James talks about. A world of fire, of iniquity, you know, our words and what we do. But complaining and whining, if we're that kind of a person, look. Could there be anyone here like that tonight? We're all human. We can succumb to that. But see, what we're talking about is how to overcome that and not remain that kind of a person. Because when you're that way, people run away from you. And Why do people not want to be around me? I'm telling you tonight. And there are people that are going to be listening to these messages that are not in this room tonight. I'm saying, I'm just saying. Okay, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Let's go back to what we were talking about. In our growing up years, in our environment that, that we were placed in as a family, or, you know, in, in our marriage, what it has become and developed into, or, you know, what the work situation has become. And because all the people around you are a certain way, don't let it put you into that mold. Everybody argues all the time at work. Everybody talks about everybody at work. Well, see, as a Christian, bring your life to the altar, become a living sacrifice unto God, and let His Word begin to shape and mold you. Folks, you got to fight to get out of the world's mold. Fight the good fight of faith. Isn't that what the Bible says? doesn't mean that it just falls upon you. You've got to fight to get out of that mold. You've got to fight to get out of that mold that you grew up in. You've got to fight to get out of that mold that the workplace has made you into. You know, a few weeks ago, Eddie and I were in the kitchen. He wanted to bake a cake. I was so shocked. I don't think I've ever baked a cake with him before. But anyway, so we're in there. You know, and he's got this recipe, he got it offline, I think he was watching the news and you know how they have the cooking, you know, section and so he got that off there and so, you know, he's got everything out and, you know, he's going to do that and then, you know, he asked me, do we have, you know, do we have a bump pan? It's like, hmm, do we have a bump pan? I don't know, I never bake cakes. <laughs> I bake or, you know, I, I made, I'm the pie maker more than, than cakes. But anyway, so I found that bunt pan. But, you know, it was the funniest thing that, you know, we stirred up mainly him. You know, he was stirring up the mixture and putting all the ingredients, and it had apples and nuts and coconut and, 
you know, all this stuff in there, you know, and he stirred it up real good. And here it is, you know, it's in the mixing bowl. And before we put it into the bunt pan, guess what? It was in, it was in a loose form. It was malleable, pliable. There it was. But then we put it into that bunt pan and put it in the oven and baked it. And when we took it out, you know, I took it out of the bunt pan, turned it over, and it came out real pretty. And it looked just like the, the form, the pan. Well, is that a shock? Okay, so if the world molds you and makes you into the world's way of thinking and acting and treating other people, guess what? You're going to look like the world. But if you don't allow yourself or you get out of that mold and you're going to get into the mold that God has for you, you are not going to look the same. You are going to be peculiar. People are going to ask you questions about why you do the things you do. Don't let the world put you in its mold, but get in Dr. Jesus' mold. He has a mold for our life, and it will help us develop and be better people. It will make us be better husbands and wives and children and co-workers and church members and siblings. Friends, better friends, because we know how to do it and how to act. Now, I like what the Phillips translation says. Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its mold. Have you ever tried to squeeze into clothes that are too small for you now? See, that's what the world wants to do, stuff you into its mold. But let God remake you. See, we need to be remade. We need to be remade. So that your whole attitude of mind is changed. See, we can't remain the same. We've got to change. And we've got to do it God's way. We've got to get, allow Him to mold and shape our life. I love that. So that your whole attitude of mind will change. Instead of seeing everything bad and everything negative, your attitude is changed into one that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Your attitude is changed into greater is he that's in me than the one that's in the world that's bringing this against me. You begin to be changed. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to say something. Your attitude will determine your altitude with God. Your attitude has everything to do with it, folks. Attitude. And sometimes we've got to have a changed attitude. We cannot remain the same and be in that world's mold that squeezes us and shapes us and forces. See, that's the way the world is and that's the way the devil is. Force you. I'm going to come out of my corner fighting. How about coming out of our corner loving with the love of Jesus? That'll make all the difference in the world. Amen? Now, 
And I want you to turn to Matthew 22. Let's look at this. I'm just going to share for just a few moments more. I do want to get into this, and then I'm going to stop. Matthew 22, and I'm going to start reading here with verse number 37. If you're going to be in God's mold, and you're going to be shaped and, and pliable to allow Him to work on your life, You've got to know this, verse number 37, Jesus' own words, he said unto him, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Why do you treat people with respect and dignity, and why do you learn how to treat other people? Why do you do that? Because you love Jesus Christ. Now, see, a lot of people are talking about how much they love the Lord. I don't want to hear how much you love Him if you can't back it up by the way you're living. See, I don't want to hear I love the Lord and you can't get along with everybody and you got an attitude that stinks and nobody wants to be around you and you don't know how to treat people. Because I don't believe that you really do know how to love the Lord or you are actively loving Him if you don't treat his people right. Why would I say that? Let's keep reading. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Who is your neighbor? Well, that's the person that lives next door to me. That could, yeah, that is your neighbor. But your neighbor is anybody that's around you in any given situation. And the Bible says to love your neighbor, what? As you love yourself. Now, I'm not going to get into that part. I'm going to talk about that more at a later time. But many times we can't love others because, number one, we're not loving the Lord the way we need to, and we don't love ourselves. We despise ourselves. We look into the mirror. We don't like the way we look. We don't like the way we talk. We don't like this about ourselves. We don't like that about ourselves. And, and consequently, because we're unhappy with ourselves, we are unhappy with everybody. Everybody has a flaw. But see, that's not a way to live, and that's not God's way. We, if we love Him, we will love other people. And if we love other people, then we will treat them right, or we will learn how to treat them right. Let me tell you, our relationship with God is vertical. Our heart to God. But our relationship to people is horizontal. We touch them. Whether you want to or not, you you interact, you interchange with other people. And how we treat other people, God cares about. And he said, first of all, the first commandment I give you is to love me with all your heart. And that means you'll lay down your flesh. That means you'll lay down your feelings. That means you'll lay down your temper. That means you'll lay down your will on the altar that we talked about. And then you will go on to the second one and you will love your neighbor. Everybody say, love my neighbor. See, that's God's commandment. That's not something that we just made up. That's really true. I'm, I'm going to tell you, there's, there's some people you really need to work on that. We, I mean, we all do, but there's some people in particular that you need to work on this. You know, you're sour to the whole world. And that, 
And whether you realize it or not, it includes your Lord. Because if you realize what he did for you and the great love that he had for you, then you couldn't go on living that way. Because you'd realize he loves you so much that he loved you in the condition that you were in when you came to him. And he loves you now, but he is not pleased that you're staying that way. And he said, get out of that mold. Get out of that mold that you grew up in. Get out of that mold that you have become, that you've allowed the world to shape you into. Get out of it and get into my spirit. You see, we follow the flesh or the spirit. And when you follow the spirit, you act like Jesus acts. You talk like Jesus talks. You follow his directions. If you love me, listen, what does he say? If you love me, keep my commandments. And so that's the proof. We can say it all day. And it's wonderful to tell the Lord you love him. It's wonderful to tell other believers that you love the Lord. That's wonderful. But if you love him, then you and I will keep his commandments. And when he says, be angry and sin not, then that means you get your, your temper under control when it's out of control. When you're a person that's given to rage and wrath, then you get it under control. Why? Because you love the Lord and because you're given a commandment to love your neighbor as yourself. And then I tell you what, we live in a time where you have to fight selfishness. All of us have to fight it because it's on every side. Our children, you know, our children are just taught it's all about me. It's all about me. You know, I remember seeing that video one time, you know, and, and the guy sitting at the piano instead of I exalt thee, he's singing it to the Lord. I exalt me. And that's what we do. We exalt ourselves. We exalt our desires. We exalt what we want rather than having a selfless love. See, the agape, God kind of love, is a selfless love. It says, this may be what I want, but, you know, for the good of what it, this situation, I'll, I'll let that go. And I'll do, because I love the Lord, because I, I love people, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be selfish. I'm not going to be selfish, but I'll do what I need to do. I'll do what it takes. Instead of just thinking about me, I'm going to think about other people in relationships. Instead of, you know, when you're hurt in a relationship, instead of just thinking about how you're hurt, what you're going through, you know, consider doing it God's way, handling it His way, and you can come out with healing in a situation. You know, I've been in, in relationships with people. And, you know, when you do it God's way and, you know, somebody misunderstands or you do, so, you know, maybe I did something to hurt someone. It might not have been on purpose or, or whatever. You know, I found that if we will go in the love of Jesus, come to in, both of us in the love. And even if they don't sometimes go in the love of Jesus. I know, number one, I did what I should have done. But then number two, I've seen a lot of those relationships be healed and restored and get back where it needed to be. And so it's no different for anybody else 
it can be that way. But you see, we are to love the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, with all of our mind, and love our neighbor as we do love ourselves. Amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.